Welcome to Shireen Conversations. I'm your host, Marjana Paravan. On today's episode, I'm joined by Yegane Mafer. Yegane is a 24-year-old activist born in Iran. Her career has taken off in multiple areas, like in comedy, as a life coach, and a content creator. Recently, she has received recognition for leading the conversation on TikTok about daily Iran updates and what we can do to continue supporting Iranians in Iran. However, this isn't new to her. She has always used her platform to educate others about Iran and the truth that we often do not see. Hi, Yagana June. Thank you so much for joining me today on Shining Conversations. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Me too. I'm really excited. Um, I know I told you this offline, like off camera, that I really wanted to talk to you because you've been at the forefront of talking about Iran since the beginning, since right after Massa's passing, and you've been in people's faces in the good way, updating um, everyone about what's going on in Iran. And what I love about your videos is that you do it in such a digestible way that doesn't feel like really hard for those non-Iranians who just don't understand. You say things in a bullet format so people can understand what's going on through the week. I kind of wanted to ask you specifically, your content really changed and evolved since the end of September and has been focused solely on Iran. And of course, you're an Iranian creator, you're from Iran, you know, so it makes sense. But what was your real back behind the reason for doing all this? Yeah. um, So before this all happened, I was still making a lot of um, political videos, videos about Iran. Even last year, a lot of people didn't know about the mandatory hijab laws. They were like, oh, well, what if you're Christian? And I'm like, oh, my God, you think they like ask you? No, there's no way. Like, if anything, it would be worse off if you were another religion. Um, So I was here and there making videos, informing people. And a lot of people were shocked. They were shocked about the LGBTQ rights. They were shocked about... um, the openness to um, gender uh, gender surgery. Like I just made videos similar to those topics, but I focused on like other politics. And then I was actually at Costco and someone commented, why aren't you talking about Masa yet? Why aren't you talking about Masa yet? And it had been maybe one or two hours since the news had been released. So I went home right away and I made a video. I, in the past, when I made videos about Iran, 70K, 100K, was like a good amount of views for a video about Iran. Like that's what I was kind of expecting out of it, maybe even lower sometimes. So I made that video, it got maybe 50K. And in that video, I had very minimal details about what happened to her. I just made that video to reinforce the hijab laws and just let people know about that again. And then it was about a couple of days after, I noticed no one was really talking about it much that I made like that very emotional one. I was also on my period, so that didn't help. I was just like so broken. I'm like, why is no one talking about this? And then suddenly everyone was. Like everyone started duetting that, like celebrities, all these different people were like reposting it. And I was like, oh my God, like this one got 2.5 million views and everyone's talking about it. So then I started making like, well, a lot of people started pushing like this pre-1979 narrative and showing like Iran in the past. And then I was like, okay, wait, I'm very much here for us talking about Iran, but I just want to let everyone know, like, America's involvement, Britain's involvement, the idea of nationalizing oil. So I started making more videos about the informational aspects of it, not just, like, Iran bad, America good. Yes. Like, I wanted other people to understand the history of what how this happened. Like, it wasn't just one day they woke up and everything was stripped. Like, they had Western involvement with it as early as, like, the 50s. So I started making that here and there. I would make 
still American political content, like talking about AOC, like different things like that. And those were still doing well. I was still trying to mix in regular American stuff. And then in the past month, I was like, okay, I'll just focus on Iran. Like regular American stuff is getting, I either don't want to distract from the Iran stuff. And also like America's so torn. So like as a liberal, you're, I'm going to have like conservatives mad at me and then they're going to come look at the Iran videos and get mad too. So I just didn't want True. more drama coming in because there's already so much to fight with Iran. Like you already have to fight the Islamic regime. I don't want random people who don't agree with me politically in America to also come and yell at me. So I started just to hyper-focus on one thing. I love that you said that because actually my last guest, Mandy, was on the show and she said that as well. She said that the one thing that we find as Iranians, we're so passionate that when we're talking about topics and we're we're obviously our hearts in the right place, is that sometimes we do start to get to the arguments that we do get argumentative with people. And it's not us personally, but when we hear something or see something that we don't necessarily agree with or it's not the focus, we we get upset and we take it to a different level. So I I do appreciate the fact that it's not that you got upset about it, but you're like, yeah, these are, these are true facts. These have happened pre-1979, but let's talk about the actual facts behind it. It's not to romanticize the past, but it's also to educate people about it as well. Yeah. Like absolutely. The past was better. I don't think they've ever had a government this awful since ancient times. Um, But it's, it's really important to acknowledge why it happened especially because like i i never had conservatives watching my videos and now that i have some conservatives they feel like oh we need to go bomb iran we need to go with guns we need to go and i'm like no that's kind of one of the reasons we're in this position right like they khomeini was like times man of the year the same year so america has not been so great for the country it's important we understand how this came about and sure we want american support but we don't want America to go like imperialize the whole nation and just take over or something like that. So I, that's kind of why I make the backstories just in case there are conservatives watching and they're like, well, we need to go to Iran just how we went to Iraq. Like we have to go fix this. And it's like, no, please, no. Yes, yes. And I that's a perfect way for my next question is that one of your videos about Zahedan specifically about the massacre is that you touched on it amazing it's again to your point it's like you do very much update the individuals about what happened but you're not there to debate people in your videos where i find a lot of other content creators are very debate and it's not it's not bad it's whatever however way they want to create their videos i'm i'm that person so i'm like debate all you want with me but i love that you you just sort of like i'm making this video to talk about the facts and if you have more information, you welcome people to ask you in the question. And that's one of the videos that I actually stitched of yours. And it was one of the videos that people came, like, I'm still like, even to this morning before you and I got on, I'm still getting comments. And I think I get the most comments on that from conservatives in a way that's like, um, God bless Khomeini. And it's, or it's like, you know, the reason why you, you should have fly in like guns and give the people guns and give this. And it's like, the, again, to your point, it's not, that's not what we're asking when we're asking people in America to support what's going on in Iran or be the voices. It's not to say we need this help from America, but it's more like we just need your voice right now. That's what we really are asking for. Yeah, I think it's hard for people. They're also a lot of liberals are also traumatized by Iraq, by weapons of mass destruction, by lies. So it's like from both ends, right? So conservatives mm-hmm. are saying crazy things like, let's go just bomb in the country. Let's go fix it ourselves. And then liberals are like, 
oh, maybe they're not even being killed. Like, maybe this is just the weapons of mass destruction thing. Maybe they're lying yes. about the fatality rates. It's like, yeah, they're lying about the fatality. It's probably more. It's not less for sure. But it both ends don't necessarily know how to talk about it. And yeah, it's it's hard saying like, oh, you can only listen to Iranians because that that's yeah. not true. And I saw a video that um, an individual who has made a lot of hurtful videos personally made. And he said, oh, how come only Iranians can talk about what's happening? That's like if you asked only Trump supporters what's happening in America. And it, I found that quite insensitive because we're the opposite of the Trump supporters. We're yeah. fighting the conservatives. So it's more like if you're going to compare Trump, that would be asking the mullahs like what's going yeah. on, like asking the people in the forefront who have lived this. And again, it's not to say Americans can't talk about it, but if you've never been there, if you've never had family members, if you've never had someone in your family die from it, like you truly don't know how the judiciary of it works, right? Like you think yes. laws just have to be passed and then people get killed. Like, no, in Iran, you, you could just go missing. You could go from prison to prison. There's like, even CNN unlocked it. Like so many people go missing and it's because they've gone through so many prisons, their family don't even know like where their bodies are being held anymore. That's so so it's really hard to explain that to some liberal. I am a liberal myself, but it's hard to explain that to other liberals that we're not trying to do in Iraq. We're not trying to do propaganda to convince people this is worse than it is. It just is really bad. And yeah. hard thing too. No, that's so true. And that's, that's really why I came on to TikTok. Like I was on TikTok specifically to do the voice, like lip syncing of like the most viral, like trendy sounds. And I actually got frustrated with my following on Instagram and Facebook because these people, I was very selective of who follows me. And they're people that I consider friends and people who are not non-Iranians too. And what I would see is only Iranians posting and posting the posting about Iran. And I, for me, it was like, how can you be my quote unquote best friend or my closest friends and be immersed in my culture, be invited to our gatherings and not even once ask me like, what is happening in Iran or how can, what can I do? I see you posting videos. What can I do to support? Even if I regram one thing. And I turned to TikTok because I saw people like you, you know, who are not just Iranian that I, you know, can relate to, but talking about what was happening in Iran. And, you know, to what you're saying is that I love is that you were on Como in the beginning of October. And this is like right at the beginning of everything. This is before news really was talking about it. And still they're very hesitant to talk about it, the news media. But I, what I respect is that they invited you onto the show because you have been very vocal and, you know, you've just educated me that you've also been very vocal prior to this. It's not like something that just like sparked overnight, but you said something specifically at the end of that new segment on Como that, um, what you find is that Americans do get sometimes like afraid of what to talk about. And, I really love that specific point because I feel like going back a little bit with like George Floyd and it, that being something that's specific in America, if we were not Black, I think a lot of us were kind of hesitant, like, what can we say? It's not something that affected us personally. I mean, it affects us as a country, but it didn't affect us as a community. Like, what can we say? And people are sometimes a little shocked about how to be politically yeah. driven right how they what the words they can say and i think during that time what was um, during the black lives matter movement is that a lot of black content creators were like it's not our responsibility to educate you of the past of what blacks have you know suffered through this country you know you should know the history i do believe that in a way that's kind of a teeter-totter effect that a lot of people were like 
well, during that time, we were asked, those content creators are asking us not to come to them and ask them because it's not their responsibility to educate us. So do you feel as though those people also are kind of like, we don't know how to ask the Iranians about yeah. it because we don't, we're on that side that we don't know what to do. So right. definitely. yeah, I so think, to your point, yeah. I think it might, that definitely is exactly what I meant. Um, I think when it comes to like Black Lives Matter, the whole movement, it's quite different for them because sometimes the people coming to them asking the questions could have the ancestors of the oppressor, right? True. So when it comes to Iran, most Americans are disconnected. Like their ancestors probably have no relation to Carter. They have no relation to Khomeini. So they are really outsiders in knowing the facts of it. Whereas with, with BLM, you could have people whose parents are police. You could have people whose parents are like, extreme alt-right members so it's harder for people to trust informing certain individuals because it's like it's your home base right so it's like within your own country you're having these battles and also even when it comes to iran a lot of black content creators have zoomed me just like this and they are so interested in knowing more we found so many similarities with police brutality right so Police brutality is not just an American issue. It happens all around the world. And it's really something we have to fight. And it's what each country learns from each other. So during the BLM protests, like I was one of the people protesting and I noticed like America taking notes from Iran. So when Iran has protests, they'll do firework, like mental manipulation. So they'll try to keep you awake at night. So you're less prone to go protest in the morning. And during BLM in New York City, they were doing exactly that. They were handing out fireworks to random kids and just being like, oh, it's 4th of July. Like this happens every year. I've lived in New York. It does not happen every year. During BLM, there was insane fireworks. So each country learns from each other. And I think like as minority groups, we can help lift each other up. But I definitely think there is like a fear from other cultures to like ask those questions because we're so used to issues within our own country, whether it's like abortion. A lot of people say, oh, you can't talk if you don't have a uterus. And then within every issue within America, we're kind of um, we kind of make it exclusive sometimes to who can talk about it. But I wanted to make sure everyone knows this is not exclusive. Now, given that you shouldn't just go if you have a huge platform and spread like crazy propaganda either, like you shouldn't just talk about it to talk about it. But if you want to amplify voices and ask questions, I think that's great. And I think most Iranians love talking about being Iranian. So they never met an Iranian that's like, no, I can't today. They're like, oh my God, what do you want to know? Like, let me tell you. So I just wanted people to feel comfortable. Yeah. And I think that's great. And what you were saying earlier prior to that is that it, not that we're, keeping this exclusive to only Iranian content creators were allowed to talk about what was happening in Iran. I think that the base of the entire conversation, and you just said it perfectly, it's that if you have a platform, if you have the resources, we want you to use your voices. We're asking you to use your voices because those in Iran don't have the ability. They're limited internet, you know, getting cut off. We don't know where some of them are. We're finding out about death rates days later, weeks later after it happened. Um, We want you to talk about it because it's going to prompt others who just don't follow us or want to know about Iran or hear about Iran. They're going to want to know it's going to trigger something in their mind. But to your point, it's not that our Iranian content creators are saying, no, this is our topic. We are the only ones that want to talk about it. We should be the ones that are on the news. We should be the ones that people ask. It's more like we, you should ask us, is this true? We should be the fact checkers of certain things prior to you actually going on ahead and saying the things. Definitely. And I think it's sometimes hard for a bigger corporations. So 
I've been lucky enough where a lot of brands have come forward and asked me, like, can you make a video for us? And th this is what I want. And I've also been, you know, fighting with some brands because like Women's March had a Nyack mm -hmm. member come on their Instagram live. They very, yes. very, very well knew what they were doing um, because they turned the comments off. They deleted the post. The freaking live was messed up. University of Chicago had a Nyack member. So sometimes it's like, OK, you're going to ask an Iranian, please be wary of like Nayak, uh, Mujahideen, yes. like there's so many. And I think that's a huge issue within our community too, is like sometimes we don't trust each other. And yes. like, I, I have this group chat with these creators who I love. And like, we had to do such a screening almost to make sure like, like we'll just sprinkle in, like we were all anti-Nayak, right? So you kind of like, it's sometimes hard for these bigger corporations to find Iranians that we won't get mad at too. So I feel yeah. for them because like a lot of things have come up but sometimes they have a underlining like rhetoric of why they did because yeah. like, again, with women's March, they very well knew what they were doing. So you can't feel bad for them, but I understand if another brand is watching and they're like, Oh, what the heck? Women's March tried to give a voice to Iranians and they attack them. Like, I'm just not going to say anything now. It's, it gives a bad rep to us that I, I personally think we're very clear about what we don't want. We don't want Nayak members, but it could be bad to brands who don't know about Iran. And even um, news people I've talked to, I had to warn them, like, do you know about Nayak? And they're like, no, we don't We don't know what to avoid. And I think a yeah. lot of people are stuck there. And that's actually a really valid point because prior to like this, the last two months, it's like, my like you and I were speaking about my podcast. Like I really was like reaching out to every Iranian that I knew. They didn't have to have a platform. They didn't have to have a following. I just... What they did, I thought like their lives were interesting, whether they like left their big corporate careers and became an artist or they've been traveling around the world or they've been like no background, like no college education, but they've come up so, you know, amazing throughout their connections. And for me back then, it's like for us, I think it was kind of the bubble, like Nyack and all these things, but we didn't really know much, right? Like we didn't know we're very much a supportive community that we support our, our community. We're all, you know, very much we'll have each other's back. But now with everything going on, we understand, you know, the propaganda, like the regime, everything that's involved in it, it's become very selective. And the fact that it's become a norm, like, hey, people that sh before they join my show, like, just wanted to ask you, do you, are you involved? And it's like, I'm not offended by that question because we have to be clear about what we're putting out there if we're asking people to listen to us. So I, I agree with you. You know, with the Women's March, I thought that was a little sketchy. You're right. They turned off their comment section. Their live went down for a little bit and then it came back up. It was kind of like, do we have our PR in place? And if you're going to work that hard to hide things, it's like, why not just work a little bit extra, like make it easier on yourself and work with what you have and know the information that you have in advance. Yeah. And then it turned out that like one of the like founders is like pro Nyack. So then it kind yes. of like all made sense. Like nothing's by accident. It just gives a really bad rep to us because now brands will be like, oh, I don't know if I want to work with Iranians. Like, did you see what just yes. happened? Women's March. And it, it gives us a really bad rep. It does. And I, I love that this actually brings us to my next question is that when we're kind of like argumentative, like that viral post that happened, the 15,000 to be executed, I was telling Mandy, who was on my show prior to you, is that that was the first time that I woke up and 
I was like, wow, Instagram and Facebook, not only celebrities, politicians, we had, you know, people in leadership positions, actually my friends that I was like, kind of like, oh, wow, you're not posting. I'm giving up on social media. We're regramming that post. And then we had the, you know, fact checking and then people were taking down the post and the disclaimer of like, this is false information happened. I feel like that was the first time that news outlets or trustworthy outlets on social media or like this. TikTok's news started jumping in and actually talking about the 15,000 to be executed. And that was the first time that I saw us as content creators, like, I don't want to say attack because that's not what we were doing. It was more like jumping in to say, hey, 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 like, before you start saying this, like, where did you get this information? Like, don't take that down or, you know, under the desk news you and I were talking about. I think that was the first time that I started seeing us coming, coming forward and saying, Hey, like, this is wrong. Can you take that down? Like, and then them getting tagged in other content creators videos. Like, did you see this? You're actually wrong. And you and I were talking about this offline, but I really would love for you to share with my audience a little bit about how the constructive feedback really worked and how there's support within those quote unquote arguments. Sure. So, um, under the desk news was extremely understanding. Um, they truly didn't mean any harm. And I don't think most people who came forward with the misinformation narrative meant harm, right? But they did something that's like so rare in this day and age where it's, they apologized, they spoke to me, they spoke to Iranians. And the next time they talked about Iran, you know, they not only gave us the script they were going to say, but they asked me to come and give the update for this Tuesday. So they were like the epitome of like what you should do in life. Like you want to give a voice to people, you mess up a little bit. You don't just like delete it or you don't just, double down on it you ask and you correct yourself and then every Iranian I know personally was like amazed that someone could understand and change their minds now a lot of other creators did not have that same reaction I noticed a lot of liberal white men I won't say their names because they've already given me enough trouble who I used to be fans of who happened to be Marxists or communists started getting scared by this misinformation that it would lead to Western imperialism of Iran and also like an Iraq situation. They started comparing Iran to Iraq when Iran and Iraq are very different countries. Mm -hmm. They started talking about literacy rates, medical like advancements, things that have kind of like nothing to do with the fact that 15,000 people can and probably still might be executed. They were not willing to listen to our information. They're also very much... Like, if you've only lived in America, you think that things have, like, a system in place for to become laws, right? Like, you go to court, you vote. Iran, you just disappear. You yeah, you get okay. sexually assaulted. You And then you get killed. Like, there's so many things that they could never write down. You think they're going to write down that they, I'm sorry, like, trigger warning, rape the virgins before they kill mm-hmm. them so they don't kill a virgin. Like, they can't say these things out loud. We know these things because our family has experienced that we grew up there, like all these different things. But unfortunately, they don't understand it. And they they saw the misinformation immediately as Western propaganda of trying to make things seem worse than they are. And that's when we came in. We're like, no, actually, it's even worse than that. And I'm so grateful for CNN now, not always in the past, but now because they came forward with the women's stories of in the prisons and how you know, a lot of us were noticing how come so many of these women dying in the prisons or being raped are gorgeous. How could it be? It's a 
intentional. They're picking these gorgeous women that fit their appetite. I think that's a direct quote from CNN. They take them, they do whatever they want with their bodies. They probably never return them to their parents. They end up in the hospital from blood wounds. Like it's so much worse than we can imagine. And a lot of them double down. Please, if they see this, don't come at me. Like you can have your opinions. I'll have mine. I'm not even going to say names, but just know that the reason we get so triggered is because almost all of us know someone who's had an issue and that's why we feel so deeply we don't feel deeply because we want you to get canceled or we want you to have pain like if anything we want you to talk to us to understand right um but sometimes that's not possible and sometimes online beefs happen and that's okay too yeah and that's that's really true and i i agree with you i actually got chills as you're speaking um about that cnn segment because i think that it was one, it was really well done. Two, it really did bring to light the things that we've been sharing since the beginning, even before this happened. It's, it's been very well known. Like you said, it's either we've been impacted by it personally, we've seen it, we've either been, we've lived in Iran, we have family members impacted, but they did basically highlight it in a way that's like, this is what they're talking about without actually saying this is what they're talking about. So I agree. It was really well done. It was, it, it shared a perspective that it, it's a very trusted news source. So it did share that perspective of this is real life, just because like you said, a lot of us aren't living in Iran. A lot of us in the diaspora are also never have been to Iran. So for us to talk about it to us, sometimes it's kind of like, is this real life? Like we're talking about it, it's coming out of our mouths. We're making videos about it, but we can't even believe it because we become in a country that doesn't talk about it or isn't it's, or they do talk about it, but it's not as extreme as it is in Iran. Yeah, definitely. I think even in America, we experience little sprinkles of it. I think I saw a story about an Iranian man a couple of years ago. He faced like police brutality and his family never got like anything from it. Like they never mm-hmm. got to say goodbye, all these different things. And we face battles with our reproductive organs here. And there's just so many things that are like sprinkles of Iran, even in America, like religious extremism is still prevalent here. There's so many little things, but of course it's so, it's a speck to what happens to Iran. And it's hard to tell people about it who have never been there, you know? It's very true. One of my last questions for you, and I want to definitely open up to anything that you want to share with my audience, is that with everything that's happening right now, especially with like FIFA, and we saw how Iran in their first game on Monday, they didn't participate in the national anthem. And for us, it was like, that was their way of being in solidarity with those. We know that not every member of the, we're not going to get political about this, and the soccer team is very much on the side of the protesters. But it was a beautiful thing to see that we know that in the past, they have been singing. Um, we saw people in the audience sharing their woman life freedom. And now we saw the second game where they did participate. It, it felt a little to me as someone who's an observer hurtful because a lot of them had their eyes closed as they're saying the national anthem. We saw the media sharing, not media, but like us as content creators sharing people in the stands who had any type of woman life freedom, Masa Amini, were getting pretty much morality police in Qatar taking them down. For you, I think my question really is to bring it all back is that we know that there is opportunities that these players, their families are getting harassed in Iran if they don't participate with what is commonly what the regime is. And I think that I got a comment and why I wanted to bring this question up is I posted a side by side from the 19, the past games where they're 
singing the national anthem versus the first game here. And then we heard them saying, be shut off in the stands. And we saw all these other things being said. I got a comment from someone saying, I think that Iranians are not ever happy. Like you all of a sudden, you know, you want us to talk about it, but then you're yelling, be shut off at your players through the field. And my response to that person was more like, I just think that we're humans that are confused to what we can do right now. Well, this is a sport that our country loves and appreciates, and we don't want to hate them or like be against them, but it's really hard for us right now. What is your take on that? Like, what is your hopes for people who are watching the World Cup? You know, the U.S. game is coming up on Tuesday. We have like so much happening in the next few days. Like, I mean, I have so I feel like I have so many more questions for you. But what are your hopes for people who are listening? Sure. I think I completely understand where the people who are angry are coming from. I never was a, a football soccer fan, but the people who seem to be angry are people who have been long-term fans of them, right? So for me, as someone who never watches sports, I saw them not sing it, and I was like, okay, that's amazing. And, you know, they mentioned God of the Rainbow. They mentioned Keon. I was like, okay, they're really trying. So I didn't understand the Bishadaf part, and I did talk to some members, some friends of mine who said, you know, they're billionaires in Iranian money. They have the freedom to talk about it. It's not the same as the commoner. They can't just be put away. And I I don't agree with bullying people into talking about it. I see this kind of almost relates back to, I don't know if you've seen, like a lot of the regime's family has been harassed because they live in like Canada, England, stuff like that. And I'm all for calling them out. And I think it's disgusting that they're using the blood money of Iranians who can't show anything and they're just having their hair out. They're doing whatever they want in France. I think it's disgusting, but I don't want us to become the regime. I don't want us to want to kill people. I don't want us to want to hate to that level. Um, Now, given I, I hate the Islamic Republic, I hate the regime, I hate anyone who uses the blood money. I just don't think we should treat them how they treat us. Right. Stoop down to their level, basically. Yeah, I, stoop down. I actually saw, wait, I could read you this quote I saw. Yeah. It's a Persian poet. And I thought this was really nice. Raise your words, not your voice. It is rain that grows flowers, not thunder. And I thought that was really beautiful because, you know, if we go down to their level, they have an excuse to hate us even more. Throughout this, we can show that we are not these sinners who hate God, who are going against God, who hate Islam and are Islamophobic and hate everyone who wants to help us. I think it's important we show that we're we're willing to fight and we're willing to do whatever it takes and put our own lives in danger. Even being in America, like they, your life could still be in danger talking about it, but we we shouldn't be violent. I don't think we should be violent towards, you know, especially players who did not sing it. And they even in their interviews afterwards, they, they mentioned the protesters. So I don't think it's right to do that. Now, I don't also think it's right that Qatar was taking the protesters' papers away and um, not showing their imagery. But Qatar is also, the the whole World Cup has been weird because they've actually yeah. cut out even like Arab parts of it too. So I think as a whole censorship thing, it's an issue, not just with Iran. 
Yeah, no. And I, I love that you left us with that quote too, because that is very, very true. It's we're as Iranians, we're always the what most welcoming individuals. I'm not just saying that to be a, a bias, I guess, but <laughs> in a sense, you know, we do, we're very passionate. So when we get angry, it's for reason, but you're right. It's like, let's not, I love that you said, it's like, I don't want us to become the regime. And that's, I think the perfect piece of everything. It's that we can't stoop to their level. It's not, we're not evil. At the end of the day, our hope is for the freedom of our people that we can't see, we can't be with, and they're begging for us to be their voice because they can't use it. Yeah, I I saw something yesterday. It it was from November 12th, but there was a a man and he said, if you're watching this video, it's because I was arrested and he was just living his life. And at like 9 a.m., they said at 10 a.m., you have to be at the prison. So he made that video in the time he had and his friend released it. And there's so many more of him, right? We have one video, but there's just so many of him that we'll never know because we don't have that connection. And it's so important that we we don't let them suffer in in nothingness. And another thing I wanted to mention, sorry if this is kind of out of the topic, but it's that yeah. their um their lives in the prisons are almost worse than death. A lot of the people that do come out. I mean, it's similar to America. They don't know what to do with themselves from the trauma of what they experienced in there. A lot of them kill themselves. And for us to be saying, oh, 15,000 people are just imprisoned or 15,000 people are just this, it's it's not, you know, America's prison system is awful, but this prison system is just something else, right? So them being in there is hell. So I I almost think I I think I saw a statistic where like a lot of them try to kill themselves even in the jail. So for us to be happy that they're not dead, but they're in jail, that's not what we're fighting for. Um, and, you know, Majid Reza was supposed to be executed at 5 a.m. Yes. And a lot of people were celebrating like, oh, he's just in prison. It's like, no, his family's going to continue being abused. He's going to continue being abused. And we're we're fighting for his freedom. We're not just fighting for him to be imprisoned. Thank you so much for bringing that up because that is something that I did want to touch on. And I, I, I really appreciate all the information that you bring to not just allies and supporters, but even to the Iranian community, because I do look for your videos to, you know, use as my fact checker for the things that I'm putting out, because you do have a lot of perspective. And I know that it's not just because you're creating these videos to create them, but it is for awareness. It is to talk about it, it is to create conversations. And I do want to invite all of my listeners, if you're not already following Yeg on it on TikTok, definitely follow Little Yeg is your name on TikTok. But um, thank you so much. I appreciate the time that you had and everything that you're doing for Iranians in Iran. It was really nice talking to you. I really, really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. Thank you. For more inspiring interviews, head on over to shittingconversations.com. If you liked today's show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. And don't forget to rate and review and follow on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Shitting Conversations. You can also watch episodes on YouTube, I'm Majina Paravon, and you've been listening to Shitting Conversations. Thank you.